Welcome to the Reformers Pipeline, your dose of empowerment and pipeline to inform your decisions on how you can support change in the educational system. Who do I have the pleasure of being with today? Hey y'all, my name is Lindsay, affectionately known as Ms. Black. And I'm Jihad, and my tagline is still pending. It's okay, it's, it's gonna come. It's gonna come. <laughs> yeah. The purpose of this episode is to chat about why we came to teaching, what are we doing now, and lastly, what this podcast is all about. So um, I'm going to start us off with why I became a teacher, and I actually enjoyed telling this story. I feel like I don't get to tell it as often as I would like to, um, but my name is Lindsay, and I have a brother, and I am a light-skinned female, and he is a dark-skinned male, and we came from the same two parents. Uh, went through the same education system, uh, but we had very, very different outcomes. Um, so right now, you know, I'm, I graduated from Howard University, summa cum laude, shawty, hey, um, with a degree in elementary education, and I currently reside in D.C., and you know, I have a full-time job, I pay my own rent, I'm doing all these things that adults usually do. And then my brother, on the other hand, his life has took a different type of turn. So he went to the education system, unfortunately did not, was not able to um, graduate from high school and currently has two daughters. I love them. Um, but he also currently has two bullet wounds um, because he was a, definitely a victim of gun violence a couple of years back. And so my life really has been like a longitudinal study to figure out like what was different between our lifestyles, you know, besides people's perception of us, I really think is rooted in the education system and how people responded to me and how they responded to him differently. And currently um, I'm teaching right now and I see people that are like my brother, but mm -hmm. I also see people that are like me. And I know that we're both valuable people. And so my job is to continue to empower the different types of people, different types of black young students that I meet up with and teach every day. Thank you so much for that, Ms. Black. <laughs> yeah. I definitely can, and I didn't really get to talk to you about this offline, but I really can identify with your story as well, because I feel mm -hmm. like even though me and my brother, so let me back up. My name's Jihad. I am from California as well. And being from California, I my parents were very fortunate enough to, kind of move us into the suburbs because we I was born in LA, but me and my brother are two completely different mm -hmm. beings. Shout out to Hassan. And he, yes, Hassan is an amazing, <laughs> amazing individual. I literally just got done watching him. Uh, he's in San Diego right now. Um, but just seeing how polar opposites we are and to see how he still is capable, he still is motivated, but it's just in a different way. And trying to get people to view that motivation as opposed to viewing him as not being as accomplished and mm -hmm. things of that mm -hmm. nature is like mm -hmm. trying. It's, it's been a very interesting ride because honestly, they many years ago, they tried to identify Hassan as having needing like special education services. Mm -hmm. And that was like a whole big thing. And we're definitely going to get into that on another podcast. But going back to me and why I became an educator I would have to say that it was because of the lack of 
Black male representation throughout the public education system. And actually, not not even to interrupt you, but yes. Black males in schools are like this huge hot commodity. <laughs> it's just hot commodity because of what you're saying. Like they are lacking. So, yeah, yeah. And and the thing is, is after I think about like my whole educational journey, like where I started at to where I'm at now, I can count on my hand how many black male educators I still mm-hmm. have had to this day. Mm-hmm. I want to say that I'm at two. Um, and shout out to the black male educators, but I also have to double down and just say thank you to all the black women who honestly reared me in the school system. And I honestly can't say this enough. I thank you all for all the hard work that y'all have done because I would not be sitting here today if it weren't for you all. So thank you, Miss Black. Uh, and shout out to all those Black women educators. But in addition to that, while I was in high school, I kind of was a part of a mentoring type program that kind of propelled me to want to serve in a way because of this lack of a Black male figure in the education system. Um, and I was very fortunate enough that my father, he very pushed me and very was very adamant about pushing me in different ways outside of the norm. And that's what I appreciated because I feel like, you know, at first day he was very like adamant about me pursuing sports. Mm-hmm. And that was rough for me because Jahab was not the best when it came to sports. Mm-hmm. Um, but him having the same passion and helping me find uh, my identity in high school, which I also um, was fortunate enough to find this amazing woman. Uh, her name is Tori Weaston. And that's kind of how I found that I wanted to pursue education. And so through that, I attended American University for undergrad and was a double major in political science originally and secondary education. And so I was on this educator route, uh, thinking that I was going to be able to finish in the four years time. As you can imagine, American was very, very expensive. I have flown 3,000 miles across the country. So trying to do this on my own uh, with neither of my parents having um, any type of college, collegiate experience. I was a first-generation college student. Me so, too. Yes. And so for all of that to happen and me get here and to go through so many different financial troubles, but to be able to prevail and say like, What's going to happen next? I got to my senior year, found out that I couldn't do my student teaching and my practicum. So I was no longer going to be a secondary education major. Had to drop my education major to a minor and join uh, an organization, alternative teaching organization. Yeah, there we go. There we go. We'll talk. That's what we'll call it. Yeah, we'll, we'll jump get into it. that later. We'll get into that later. <laughs> but I, I can't say I, I was very fortunate to, to serve as an educator for some time. And it has been a great experience nonetheless. So now we're about to get into uh, the what are we doing now? So mine's pretty quick and easy. I'm currently a fifth and sixth grade math teacher um, at a charter school. Uh, when I first, this is my fourth year teaching. So when I first started Ooh, teaching, four years. Oh, right? Four years, definitely. Fourth year is so different, especially from the first year I taught um, some literacy at a completely different charter school. Hmm. Then my second year, I transitioned to the school that I'm at now, and I taught second and third grade math. The next year, I I taught third and fourth grade math. And this year, I am teaching fifth and sixth grade math. Um, 
I really enjoy math, though, because I do believe that math is the vehicle in which, <clears throat> excuse me, I promote social justice. So shout out to all the Black people on empowerment. That's real. And I, I am curious, though, because you starting off as a literacy educator to now you being a math educator, do you think that, are there any differences? Do you like it more now? I'm just curious. Yeah, there's, there are there are major differences. I, in short, um, I like being a math teacher because there is one answer. There's a thousand ways to get to that one answer, but there's one answer. So I know what my end goal is. And with literacy, I just think that there's just so much ambiguity in what is quality writing, right? And so to me, there's an idea of an angle, but it's so vague that it's easier for me to teach math because it has a clear angle. That's very real. And to build on to that, so my this is Jahad talking, and I've served as an educator for three years, actually, here in Washington, D.C., my first year, I was very fortunate to be a literacy educator as well. And I was <laughs> got to know Lindsay a little more also at a conference that we went to together. And that was fun. Yes. And my second and third year, though, I was a special educator. The first year I had a, I'd say, a smaller caseload than my second year. And I would say my second year, uh, which was really my third year, I would say that my caseload was a lot more high needs. And after serving in the classroom for three years, I decided to take make a transition into the town acquisition space. And currently I'm a town acquisition manager for a nonprofit in uh, DC, the DC metro area. But I really want to highlight the fact that I was definitely on, on track to honestly, I had applied for a VP of special education position and I did not get that role. And I don't want anybody to think that that's the reason why I left. I, I really had applied for that role because I knew that what was best for students was not happening. And that had happened for three years. And I kind of felt as if I was being overlooked by my counterparts and by my leaders because um, I quote unquote was not experienced enough when my leaders had as much experience as me or less experience as me than, than me. And, and so I found it to be very interesting that I was not the quote unquote right fit for that role as well as other leadership roles at that organization. So needless to say, I'm back in talent acquisition at a nonprofit, and I really do hope to go back into the educator space and more so do some actual work with talent recruitment um, and retention at a school. So now we're getting into why we created this podcast. Um, the purpose of the reformist pipeline kind of stemmed from needing to close a gap between what teachers actually do and what people think teachers do. We want people to know that teachers are people too. Hello. We want to reach self-actualization just like anybody else in so many different ways. So our goal here is to empower you muggles. Just kidding. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> Non-educator folk to speak from a well-informed place when referencing educators or the American school system. I can't tell you how many conversations I've had where people use the buzzword school to prison pipeline to enhance whatever negative point they're trying to make about the system. 
And not to imply that it's not a real concept, because it definitely is, but we're here to push people's thinking beyond the status quo. Mm -hmm. The reformist pipeline will also be in place in which we showcase teachers that are not making it to the shade room, okay? Letting your kids freestyle a song after a pop quiz or remixing a popular song to encourage students to memorize, like, basic facts, like, that's important, super important for engagement, but this creates some kind of joyous facade that this is what teachers should be expected to do. This is what all teachers do. It mm. takes away from the fact that like those teachers are great because they had they found some time in their day mm. to teach these kids a song and practice it and record it till it was perfect. So shout out to them, but we're also trying to showcase the people who aren't doing that. Right. Um, we're also trying to be an avenue for parents and soon to be parents to become informed about how to navigate a school and the education system. Um, we really just want to create a safe space for parents to inquire about anything school. And lastly, and maybe most important, we want to be the pipeline for reform mm -hmm. in our education system. We want to act as catalysts for change. We want to aid and inform the people and call them to action to promote reform. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Now allow us to explain. Free 99. Yep, I said it. It's free. Ooh, it's free. There's literally a whole set of creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right on your phone or computer. And I'm probably one of the very few people from the Silicon Valley that doesn't consider themselves to be tech savvy. And even I think the Anchor app is really straightforward. Anchor will get your podcast out there. It'll be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and so many more. You can make money from your podcast, like for real though. There's all, there like isn't a minimum of listeners you need in order to make money, which is great for those of you that are just starting out in the podcast world. Stop. <laughs> no, but stop <laughs> using all of those apps and get you an all-in-one. Anchor has everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. So go on ahead and download the free Anchor app. It's spelled just like the noun that keeps the ships at bay. A-N-C-H-O-R. Or go to anchor.fm to get started. And so if you made it this far, we appreciate you for listening and for your support. We hope that you will be satisfied with our messaging, our content, and intentionality behind our guests as you continue to listen to future episodes. Thank you so much for taking the time today. Peace and love. Yes, peace and love, people. Hootie hoo! <laughs>